Now, one could really struggle to try and pick a meaning of crucified in the flesh from the book of Galatians. But it's interesting that when you go to Romans chapter 6, verse 6, it makes everything very, very clear. In fact, someone can actually argue, and rightly so, that you would not want to try and find a meaning or to teach on the flesh being crucified from the book of Galatians. The easiest part to go to is Romans 6. Why? Because Romans 6 seems to be a commentary to what all of this means. And look at what verse 6 is saying. It says, We know that our old self was what? was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. We know, one, that our old self was what? Was crucified with him in order that the body of sin may be brought to, to nothing that would no longer be enslaved to sin. Now, this is verse 6. But there's something interesting in verse 1 that I would like us to look at. And verse 1 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died continue to live in it? Now there should be a difference. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized to Christ, Jesus, were baptized into what? Into his death. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Now, you will notice a couple of things here. Christ Jesus, baptized into Christ Jesus, we baptize into, number one, his death. Yeah. Number two, we are buried therefore with him by the baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we are seeing three things. Number one, his death. Number two, his burial. Number three, his resurrection. This right there, this right here is the gospel. This right here is the gospel. His death burial and resurrection should be a part of our lives every day why so that we too might walk in the newness of life and we're going to see how this newness of life looks like at the end so we come now to verse 6 and this is where verse 6 clearly explains to us what that freedom looks like so number one we have the gospel up here number two we have the freedom in christ that he says in verse 6 that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, that we would receive freedom. And then we come down now after verse 6. What does he say? He says, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free. Now, if we have died in Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We believe that we also will live with him. There is one, the gospel, there's two, the freedom, but there is the newness of life. What does the newness of life therefore look like? It says, so, you also must consider yourselves dead to sin, but what? Alive in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. One, you must also consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ, which is the new life. We're going to see that. But alive to God in Christ Jesus, 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies and make you obey its what? Its passions. Again, make you obey. No. You have freedom in him. Don't obey its passions. But it also says, do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Don't. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. There's one more thing I'd like us to look at here. A mistake that most people make, what do they do? They present their members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. What does this mean? Do not walk cautiously. Make a decision that is going to lead you to be tempted. People usually cautiously, continually put themselves in a position where they are going to sin. He says, do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. In other words, you have a new life. You have a new life. And your members to God as instruments for righteousness, for sin, will have no dominion over you. Since you are not under the law, but under grace. So, number one, we've seen the gospel present. Number two, we see freedom. And number three, we see a new life. Now, to best understand freedom, one has to understand what slavery looks like. What are these passions that we do struggle with as individuals? What are these passions that we must crucify on the cross. You may either spend time trying to find out what these passions are or you can just read Galatians 5.19 where Paul says the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, leewardness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, reveries, drunkenness, and the like. These are the works of the flesh. And it's for you and I to examine ourselves and say, is adultery part of me? The Bible says, he who looks at lastly at a woman has already committed adultery with her. Fornication, is that still a part of me? Uncleanness, is that a part of me? Idolatry, who else is a God in my life? Sorcery. Hatred, contentions, are these things still a part of me? Do I have jealousies going on? Are there outbursts of wrath, anger? When I'm thinking about other, when I'm thinking, am I thinking about other people? Do I put other people's interests above mine? Selfish ambitions and the like. Because the list goes on. Why am I taking us back to Galatians 5.19? I'm taking us back to Galatians 5.19 because... Unless we understand the slavery, we cannot fully understand the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Now, how do we conquer these things? Where is the newness of life in all these things? Where is the newness of life in all these things? If you continue again in Galatians, you're going to realize that Paul presents another list. And this list is in Galatians 5.22. And it says in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says against such things there is no law. Paul presents to us the fruit of the Spirit. And all he's trying to say is 
Once we know Christ through the gospel, in number one, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. You have to remember that in Ephesians 1.13 it says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In him also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And we receive the Holy Spirit we receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation, but that doesn't end there because the Holy the Spirit begins to bear fruit in our lives. This love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. The fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in us begins to combat that which was slavery to us i'll give random examples self-control here probably is going to combat adultery right here maybe long suffering here is going to combat outbursts of anger kindness is going to combat selfishness gentleness again is going to combat outbursts of anger and so what ends up happening is that which was once slavery to us through Christ becomes not only freedom but becomes a new life in us. We realize that the gospel is present with us every day. We realize that there's freedom that we receive in Christ but also a new life that is as a result of the work of Christ in our lives and also that there's a personal responsibility on our side to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. One thing is very, very clear that all of this is the work of Jesus Christ. All of it is the work of Jesus Christ. So the Passion Week is not just a week. The Passion Week is alive with us every day. Remember I said, as often as you do this, as often as you eat, do this in remembrance of me. Do not forget the work that he did on the cross for us. Do not forget that his work still helps us through, not only for salvation, but also for the sanctification process. I love the way Chris Tomlin put it in his song, Resurrection Power. I mean, the lyrics are just so beautiful. I'll just let you listen to it for a few seconds. I'll encourage you to click the link in the description to listen to the whole song and watch the video. It's beautiful. You called me from the grave by name You called me out of all my shame I see the old is passed away, the new has come. Now I have resurrection power. 